You're listening to The Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next half hour or so we're going to be talking all things drink. Probably not any food involved, actually. Um, and no, it's just gin. It's there not even just even drink. Olives. They're actually not even olives no. today. I'm not sure I... I'm not sure I can do this, Ollie. <laughs> you can, I know. Because so. <laughs> last week we had Italicus, which is lovely, of course, uh, and it's just going to be gin. Yeah, but... You... You're going on to an event after this. <laughs> yeah, but it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'll be amusing, I'll be eloquent. <laughs> Don't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we're, we're not only just talking about drink, we're not only just talking about that, we're actually just talking about gin. Um, and as we know, uh, gin's pretty fashionable at the moment. Um, and gin, I think British people have rather taken gin to their hearts, Yeah, I would we, say. We, we feel like we own gin. In a way, we probably own Scottish whiskey or something. Some too. might argue we think we own a lot, but let's not go there. That's true, and that God is an Englishman, <laughs> yes, I know. So, sales of gin have tripled since 2009. We spent £461 million on gin last year, which was up 32.5%. That's 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 a lot of money. That's a huge amount of money. It's smaller than rum, though, isn't it? I think it's smaller. I think rum is bigger in the UK, but gin is, which is weird. But yes, yeah. um, and the UK now has. I'm sure this is wrong now because it's probably more. Three hundred and fifteen distilleries, which is more than double one hundred and fifty-two in operation five years ago. It's wow. just exploded, hasn't it? It has. It's exploded, and it doesn't. You and me keep saying, "Please don't go into gin," because there's so much of it. But it doesn't seem to stop. It just seems to keep going. No, but, I mean, it's interesting. You, you and I do say that, but that's partially because if you're entering a very crowded market, it's hard to differentiate. And mm. I'm sure we'll be talking a lot today to our two guests about differentiation. Um, but also, I think there's a, a challenge, which is, you know, how how do you even enter the market? Because supermarkets are only going to have, I don't know, what, 20 gins? That's a, that's a big number, 15, 30, 40. Well, okay, well, okay. Um, but that's still a pretty crowded space yeah, yeah, and you might get one facing um but actually you know i mean the independents are, are quite well stocked nowadays yeah they definitely are so um apparently we are the number one fans of gin british people um and it's it's got to be juniper lead otherwise it's not allowed to be called gin so i need to interrupt you there because that's actually really quite good news because i remember seeing an infographic that said looking at around the world of all the number ones and we were on that chart number one for um, CCTV cameras. Yep. And I actually would rather us be the number one of gin. gin. Well, we Much are. Much better. We Great. are. Thank you. Um, it's got to be juniper in it, otherwise not allowed to call it gin. Uh, it's juniper lead. And uh, everybody says it originated from Holland. And it was discovered by English soldiers, brought to England in the early 1600s. But gin is British in it got developed in a different way from the original, which was um, Geneva, that was essentially a light whiskey. With juniper. Mm. So this has really sort of evolved to its own British type thing. Um, and popular gin botanicals include coriander, oris root, liquish, cassia, lemon peel, loads of different things like that. Herbs, spices like peppercorn. Um, and basically, as long as you've got juniper berries in it, that there's infinite, infinite taste varieties that you can buy by just mixing all these botanicals. I had a bathtub gin the other day. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's a very distinctive packaging, yeah. actually. Sort of brown paper uh, packaging. <laughs> so um, apparently there's a whole day dedicated to celebrating the amazing goodness of gin. 
Oh, goodness, it's right. Um, the next one's on um, June the 8th, 2020. I must add it to my diary. Maybe, <laughs> yes. we, maybe we should do a special recording. <laughs> oh, there. no, don't. A special two hour long. I have to leave the blooming car. 16 different. Catch a okay. cab from the okay. train station, as it you is. You just book a hotel in London. <laughs> that might be a good <laughs> idea, isn't it? Um, there's no set maximum alcoholic strength of gin, but the minimum, see, I didn't realise there was a minimum, the minimum alcoholic strength of gin is 37.5%. Otherwise, not allowed to call it gin. But you didn't know that, did you? Which is what Gordon's is, isn't it? It's 37 and a half. Oh, over here anyway. Yeah. Okay. Ah, okay. Ah, right. So, uh, we have um, two gin experts with us, apart from us. Uh, Jack Waring from Porter's Gin. Hi, Jack. Hi, team. Um, you've been, you've really done well here. So Jack's <laughs> bought, well, basically has imported a whole cocktail bar yeah. uh, with him. So, we've got different shaped glasses, We've got different tonics, uh, and we've got some of your... So, two different types of gin. Yeah, oh. that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, two gins. Good man. And... Um, <laughs> this is, this is, it's really simple here. You turn up with really... So for and we future, love you. A <laughs> <guests>, love you. <laughs> a future guest, if you haven't got this message, no. come on with great food, great drink, and we'll <laughs> and have we a great you. conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Stephen Marsh of Pinkster Gin. Hello. I want to know all about pink gin, because I, I, I think that is a different drink. Is it pink gin? Is it considered a different type drink? It really depends how you define it. The uh, pink gin traditionally was um, uh, a, a dry gin with Angostura bitters. Um, uh-huh. we, we developed a twist on that. So why was it called pink? Not It, it wasn't the colour pink. Yeah, the Angostura, the Angostura bitters gave, gave it a pink. They didn't, pink. It was developed by the Navy. They didn't have tonic on ships, uh, but they did have some, some very high-strength gin. Um, and to make, it, <laughs> uh, uh, to make it more palatable, it wasn't very, very, very good stuff, um, they, um, they added Angostura bitters. Well, just as you're speaking, um, we've got a whole load of pink stub gin that's arriving through the door. Ollie's just going to yes, the studio a, a, door. A, a good basket is, of goodies. Which is very kind of you. Yeah. So so not only have we got Jack's massive amount of cocktail-y stuff, uh, what have we got in there then, Ollie? Well, we have jam. Well, what have well we got? I have to say, I've just now got a, a nice pink delivery. bag delivery. This is the sort of, <laughs> it's, it's like Christmas. Can I just Christ- say, it clashes with your shirt. <laughs> it does. I, I should Similar say that. pattern, but yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. different colour. So, um, there's a bottle of Pinkster Royale. It's very distinctive, you're the shape of your bottle. No, yeah. no yeah, cheese. Always have been. No Royale with cheese. <laughs> no. Ah. Ah, now I've we've got those. the alcoholic's way to start the day. Yeah. Gin jam. Puts, puts the, the booze in your breakfast. Yeah, there we the go. The tea time. And... Oh, I haven't seen this one. A larger bottle. Yeah. So we've got one which is in... It looks almost like a slow gin colour, actually. Yes. And then the other one which is is just well, this is, this tinged is, with pink. This is the Pinkster family. So we make Pinkster with fresh raspberries, and that's yep. where our colour comes from. Yep. And uh, and give and the raspberries and the juniper work terribly well together. Yeah. Um, and then when I finish making it, I'm left with the raspberries. So some of them we put in jars and sell as boozy berries. They're fantastic as a pudding ingredient. My current favourite is uh, is putting them putting a spoonful in apple crumble. Um, so I bought some of these the other week. And um, where'd you get them? Uh, Chapel Down, actually. Yeah. Uh, Chapel Down sell them. Because uh, the vineyards near my house. You, you, it was your local off license. You nipped out to pick up a couple of bottles of sparkly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Hashtag living the dream. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, in between Poppy and Harrod. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I, I mean, they're a bit crumbly, but they I just are. put a whole big tablespoon in the in the bottom of my gin. Yeah. 
they, tonic and it was they lovely. Were, they're really versatile. Mm. Um, and those have come straight out of our, our tanks. It's a shame to waste them, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's, it took it's me 18 months to persuade the Inland Revenue to let me do something with them. <laughs> it's like a waste product, but why would you? I mean, yeah. they've been steeped Why the Inland Revenue? Because um, they're 28% ABV and the Inland Revenue wanted to make sure they got their, their excise duty and they didn't know how to tax them because nobody had done it before. Um, so and how they, do you tax alcoholic raspberries? Yeah. Mm. And uh, but we eventually we won that battle and we we've we are they taxed? Are you there taxed? Absolutely, yeah. They're twenty eight percent. So this is the so perfect. So, so, so morning morning cereal for the children, granola, <laughs> yogurt, <laughs> dose of that. You reckon they'll be watching Peppa Pig for the rest of the uh, day? Absolutely, small children for long time. So will you? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then some of the raspberries we turn into gin jam, which is two and a half percent. Absolutely delicious. And then when we make the jam, we're then left with the liquid the berries have been preserved in. And Sorry. that I, this is this is blowing my mind. I mean, okay, so look, Sue and I are not against alcohol. We we we're, 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 we're fine with, this, but I'm not going to have this for breakfast. Yeah, why not? Why not? Well, it's two and a half percent. I mean, it's like having a, you know, a light to, beer. You know, <laughs> it depends upon the quantity. Um, you know, if you put a little bit of that on your on your toast in the morning, it's not going to. Do you think it's going to give you a spring in the step? Oh, with it's with getting, getting revenue. Yeah, yeah, it's it it, it it's not going to have too much of an effect. You'd have to have the whole jar before it, you it had an effect. It did, but it'd perk you up a little bit, yeah. though, surely. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I think you'd be sick before you were. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, yeah like I that, think you would you know, as well. But the sort of you know the sort of medicinal idea that you know you put a tiny drop of something into. But, but but for me, this is a really great way of having a you know a sort of collection of well, we have products no waste. in your brand that, that is using all the waste. There's no waste. No. It's, and it the, makes and, perfect sense. And the Royale is the liquid that the berries have been preserved yeah. in, which is a combination of gin and raspberry juice, and that goes fantastically well in prosecco or as a, or, as a, or with ice and and, mm. and soda water as a very. So it's very, almost like a cassis. In, yeah, in, like in a cassis, way. but no added sugar. No, no, no. So Isn't it's it? a very, you know, it's 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 uh, you know for the, for those who are, who are who are looking for a skinny alternative to things, thanks to Royale is mm. is it. So we have no we have no waste. So you've really developed a, a, an end to end solution to get uh, people through the day. Absolutely. So they can start. <laughs> yeah. They can start with no, breakfast. No, there's an end to end solution to, to, to you know in, to breakfast. To be eco friendly. <laughs> to be eco friendly. <laughs> Makes sense. It makes total sense. Makes sense. I mean, you know, I can, yeah. I can, I can imagine this is your next thing on your homemade sourdough. I don't make homemade sourdough. You will, you will be. Will we we'll after this? Yeah. Do, do justice to this. Yeah. So let's let's uh, let's move over to Porter's Gin. Now, these two brands, in terms of the way they look, couldn't be more different. Absolutely. I, I mean, yours looks very. Remind me of all those botanical drawings in the in the yes. sort of late 1900s. Absolutely, yeah, and I, I think that's, that's sorry, 1800s. I meant sorry, late 1800s. All those, yeah, and it, drawn. There's there's something quite whimsical, quite magical about that, and and the age of mm. gin in kind of the uh, the 1800s, and that's that's completely kind of on on point for what we wanted to do. We uh, we well, our, our brand comes from bartenders, and so we um, we are in contact with uh, kind of a bit more of the story behind gin than uh, many consumers would be. And uh, 
this is something that's really quite magical uh, about the place. We, so I, I met the founder of the gin, and this is kind of how I fall into. And this is Alex Lawrence. Alex Lawrence, yes. yes. Um, at... Hi, Alex. If you're listening. <laughs> hey, Alex. You've you've left Jack to explain your business. <laughs> what a mistake that was. <laughs> I'm a bit more eloquent than he is. Okay, so that's fine. I, I, I think it's okay. Um, so I, that's because he has um he has gin jam for breakfast. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, I, the brand itself is, is from Scotland, so we're from uh, Aberdeen. Um, I'm the only Englishman for the company, so um, but you get teased a lot. Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> the butt of everybody's jokes for sure. But I mean, somebody has to be. So, um, but uh, yeah, so I, I met Alex at uh, a wonderful bar down on London South Bank, which is called Dandelion. Um, sadly, no longer with us. It's now called Lioness, and um, he was the first kind of chap that I really fell in love with in terms of the way we talk about drinks and the way we serve drinks and and uh, service and really thinking about the minutia of of what we do on a daily basis um and uh this was very much uh part of um dandelion was the tagline modern botany so thinking about the kind of nose to tail um aspect of food but applying that to plants um in terms of making drinks instead so starting to make second and third use ingredients from from things that we bring in um could be uh, as simple as uh using vinegars uh to make shrubs and things like that uh, which are a very good way of preserving things again harking back to the victorian times pre-refrigeration kind of how would you preserve flavor for an entire year mm. um and our menus there lasted an entire year so that was a very very important part of what we did um and all of the menus across uh, the first four years were all um they were, they were bartender driven so everybody was given a uh, a topic that they enjoyed because um, i noticed on your labels you say uh, made in a bar not in a boardroom absolutely which is a really important yes. tagline for it's you. very important yes very important to us so up in up in aberdeen we own a bar called orchid and come this october we we would have it, have it for 10 years now wow um and we set out making orchid a uh, a hub for hospitality in in um in aberdeen aberdeen's the the third city in scotland and it I love the fact that it says made in aberdeen on the bottle it's yes. fantastic course, love good. that do you love aberdeen do you like aberdeen so I, I live on Aberdeen Road, so really you should actually open. <laughs> so um, clearly... No, I love the fact that, that, you know, Scotland's so well known for whiskey, as yes. of course it should be. Absolutely. I love the fact that this, this is a great, you know, great gin yeah. brand from Scotland. And, we, and why not? We were talking earlier about just how many gin distilleries have been made or, 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 mm. or, or kind of come into, come into life over the past, past couple of years. We were the first gin brand in uh, Aberdeen Town Centre in 100 years back in 2015. And now there's something in the region of 14 or 15 just in Aberdeen Town Centre. So it really has, the, the gin it's world like, really oh. has exploded. So um, I'm, I'm going to probably say something really politically incorrect. <laughs> I'm going to hold off and everybody squ- oh squirm. Oh no. um, but, but, but was gin seen as a bit of a girly drink and whiskey as a manly drink? And, and, and has that all changed? Sorry, Absolutely. I'm not Scotland. the right thing to say. Are you that in Scotland? I am saying that in Scotland, really. I, yes, I am a bit. Sorry. I think all over. I, I think it, it's it's the difference between a white spirit and a dark spirit. Uh, yeah. Dark spirit seemed to be a bit more manly and a bit more kind of um, See, I, macho. I guess it's, it's funny. You know, my you come from Islington, do you? No, no, you no, can't no, no. Say so, anything. no. So my grandfather, who who fought in World War Two and was very much you know there at the D Day landing that yeah. stuff. I always remember him drinking gin, and he would drink gin and water, and his line was, you know about water he would always restrict the water he said it rots your boots imagine what it does to your liver yeah. <laughs> so that's, that was that was his his way of drinking gin and I don't think it was thought actually I think it was thought of as quite a um, 
a strong, yeah, so punchy drink. In so that I think mood. you had the sort of navy and all yeah. that, and, and you know, which is what Stephen was saying. Yeah. But then I think it became a, a long drink, which mm-hmm. is why I think it wasn't seen quite as manly. Whereas now, lots of people are drinking gin in very, very Absolutely. different ways, which well, is, and then really getting the punch out yeah. of it if that's what they want. Well, quite often you'll, you'll find me in in uh, London's bars drinking fluffy pink drinks, as they're definitely a very. I've got a very soft spot in my heart for fluffy, mm. tall. Do you have uh, umbrellas in your drink? Absolutely, wherever yeah. possible. Good man. Did you yeah. say because we're on radio that, that that Jack does have the most fantastic moustache? So <laughs> well, thank um, you. Which we, you know, and, and you know, so so it may, it may be that that's you know part of this. this <laughs> he does thing. have a great moustache. Great moustache. So we have two bottles here, uh, yes. Jack. We have modern classic gin and yes. tropical old Tom gin. Yes. What, what what's the difference? I know you'll have difficult botanicals, but what's the the the, the thought behind? So these two? Uh, the modern classic, we're using two different types of distillation. One very very classic, and um, the same way we've been making gin for um, well as a species uh, for about three hundred years. And then uh, another another technique that's really come along in the past 10 years in, in terms of um, making alcohol or making uh, liquids to drink on a bar. Um, and that's using a vacuum. So uh, we actually distill at a very, very low temperature. So we, we're infusing the modern, which is this very new style of distillation and this classic style of distillation. But that's very much a London dry style. So something that you're very much accustomed to um, yep. drinking uh, uh, London dry styles. So in here, Steve will recognise loads of this stuff. Uh, you've obviously got juniper, pink peppercorn, coriander, angelica, orange, lemon, oris and cassia. Quite often that you'll find that in gin, won't you, mm-hmm, as, mm-hmm. as uh, botanicals. Cinnamon, licorice is also quite often seen in Absolutely. The, almond. Buddha's hand. Yes. What is that? <laughs> so you see on the on the front label. Yeah. Um, that's what the uh, illustration is of. It's um it's one of the oldest most bizarre citrus fruits mm. in the world. So really? The, yeah. This sits on the the kind of the upper echelons of the original citrus fruits. So without this fruit, we wouldn't have the lemons and oranges and limes that we have today. Um, you cut it in half, and there's no juice. Um, and usually, what we associate citrus to be is sharp and tart and sour. There's no sourness at all. Um, so we're using the aromatic oils in the flesh. And this this plays such an important important part in Asian culture that um, its name in in Chinese is fuzhou. I probably made a really really bad um, pronunciation of that. Better than mine, though. But um, <laughs> it it translates to in some in some uh, Chinese dialects to prosperous luck. So it's supposed to be the physical embodiment of luck. And these are rarely eaten. And they're, they're given to people on their birthdays or uh, on New Year or when they get married. Um, and that's how we kind of found it in Aberdeen. One of our founders, Josh, um, he was given one of these whilst he was out in China uh, for five or six years. He mar- met and married his wife. And then he brought one of these home uh, just as we were at the baby steps of distillation said, lads, right, we need to distill this. this. Now, when I smell that, and mm-hmm. again, Stephen uh, might wish to comment because he's a, an expert. When I smell that, that, that's what I would think of as a traditional gin, uh, the way it smells. Uh, 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 you Absolutely. Know. I haven't tasted it yet. Would you say that's traditional? Well, I'm slightly hampered by the fact that I've got a cold day, so I'm not. I'm, you can't, I'm, okay. I'm not smelling. Well, I'll as do much, that for you. But <laughs> I can. I, I can get some. I can get some juniper in there, which is mm. which is obviously what whatever you, what you need for a gin and what yep. I'm, I'm always looking for. Um, but that that's how I would mm. an old-fashioned London gin is, yes, that, is yes. what that smells this, like. This is this is we didn't we didn't want to make anything that's too kind of out there and wacky. Yeah, um, and definitely have something that is well, a bit of a dependable traditional. Yeah, and being bartenders, this was very much engineered for uh, gin and tonic or how we like drinking gin, which is kind of taller, a bit fresher, maybe with some uh, sparkles and things. Yep. But it's very much a um, thank you a bartender's base really so you make classic drinks with this um in recent times we go we go mad with this and we we, we infuse it and, and and kind of cook it with things and uh one very lovely drink that we made last year was called the hippie fizz 
which is using pineapples and passion fruits and topwood beer, like a big West Coast topwood IPA. beer? Yeah. Oh my God. Gin and beer, yeah. God. It's delicious as I well. It is. So uh, you just poured us out some. Mm-hmm. If I was going to have this with a tonic, what would you recommend as a tonic? Because there's so many to choose from. Now. Yes, there is. Yeah. So we, it's just a bit bewildering. We yeah. Um, and if you get the wrong tonic now, I actually think it'll upset the gin. Yeah, I mean we're so many flavors. We're we're a bit more laissez-faire when it comes to that because. We, we we were playing around with Fever Tree at the time. This is five years ago, so Fever Tree was very much the the premier kind of tonic that you could get, and it's very much an industry standard now. So mm, still that's, is. yeah, absolutely. Um, so we we designed it with Fever Tree in mind. Um, Jack, can I have a little bit of tonic in mind? Yeah, of course, because absolutely. Um, I've got some ice. So I can make you a proper one. If oh, you like. thank you. Yeah? There's no way that I can drink that neat. I'm sorry. I bet I bet Ollie has. I'm managing. You're managing. Well done, Stephen. Um. And not too much tonic, please. Of course. <laughs> um, because I, uh, just double the amount of gin you just had. You know, you still, you still well, have <laughs> so essentially, essentially, by asking for the tonic, you've just you get more gin. You know, yeah, it doesn't gin. work very well, does it? No, no. I think it was a bit of a. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of Fever Tree. Controversial. Oh, very controversial. That is controversial, isn't it? Ton- tonic, tonic is a really interesting subject because there are now, um, I mean, for so many years, I mean, for. Half a century. It was just nothing, was it? Half a century. We yeah. had one company having a Schwartz. monopoly, Absolutely. and they did what any uh, sensible monopoly owner does, um, which is cut their costs. And uh, their biggest Lock cost was that was really their oh, sugar, and they went for cheaper and cheaper sugar. Um, and I think Fever Tree, they got to a point wow. where Fever Tree come in and use cane sugar, and suddenly, and Fever Tree are responsible for the for the for the gin boom, uh, because Fever Tree enabled people to actually taste the gin. Mm. You didn't get it with Schweppes; you were getting a saccharine sort of film. Um, and I'm very very sensitive to sugar, which is why I make make Pinkston in the first place. Um, so I'm you know, I'm really hot on on, on sugar. Um, Fever Tree is made with uh, with cane sugar, and that's that's it's mm. that's what makes difference. I'm very happy. With other tonics, provided they're made with cane sugar, good stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not... premium ingredients. I mean, the, you, you spend well, there are a lot of tonics that don't yeah. use premium ingredients. A lot yeah. of, there are a lot of well, it's a true across every mm. sector. Mm. There are things that call themselves premium, uh, yes, and they're not, but who will, mm. but aren't. So this one, um, so this is your modern classic gin, and essentially, if you have. You know, just an, a normal plain tonic. Yes. That is when you'll really get that. Yeah. Old, what I would call old-fashioned London gin. Absolutely. Sort of taste. That's what you like. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and it, it's quite backwards for us because we're all bartenders. We're a very small team, but we're all bartenders. We spend all day every day asking how people would like to drink their drinks. Sure. And we're never going to tell you how you should drink something. So yeah. it, it's it's very much up to you guys. If you if you know you're going to enjoy a tonic. Uh, of a specific brand, then nine times out of ten you can enjoy a gin. But now, matching your tonic to your gin is a bit of a conundrum. (laughs) That's quite difficult. (laughs) So we've got another one here from you. Um, Same type of packaging, Mm -hmm. uh, sort of label. And this is called Tropical Old Tom Ginger. Again, cold distilled. Um, It's got a a sort of botanical drawing of passion fruit on the front. Mm -hmm. And as usual, it's got uh, juniper, uh, oris, cassia, cinnamon liquid almond which mm-hmm. seems to be the basis of your stuff yep. and then on top of that we've got guava passion fruit white tea white tea yes mm. coriander angelica orange and lemons quite <laughs> so, a potatoes one yes what so, would you serve it with so this is we th- this kind of was born out of an argument um so <laughs> we um kind of following the classic tropes of what gin companies do they come out with a, a london dry style and then they'll either come out with an overproof or arrested or 
an old tom, so slightly sweeter gin. Um, so is, that, is that what old tom means? That's all it means. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. If, if, if you compare so it, it is, to London it is, Dry, it is a um, it is a sort of a well known yeah. uh, use of uh, a phrase that's used yeah. to Partic- mean something. Yes, partic- particularly <laughs> in uh, in the UK for sure. Mm. Um, it, it, if if London Dry means nothing added after distillation, yep. Uh, old tom just means, means added sugar, something stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, which could be fruit, of course. It could be fruit. Yeah, absolutely. So lovely. Um, this, yeah. So this was. The, we knew we wanted to start down this path of having a bit more of a portfolio and flesh things out. Um, and, um, and and again, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. but but you'll have learnt, and that's why everybody starts on the classic. Yes. You'll have learnt so much by the, the you know the path that you've gone through. Yes, and all that absolutely. Stuff. It's like right, we've we've nailed. That. Yes, absolutely. now we want to do something a bit more exotic. Yeah. yeah. So so with, with the with the modern classic, we're using two different types of distillation. So we use this pot still distillation, which is the same as how we've been doing it for three hundred years. That stays the same in the tropical old tom. So that's ten botanicals, like on the back, um, and with the with the. Uh, modern classic, we use Buddha's hand, that bizarre citrus fruit and pink peppercorn through this vacuum still, which is very light and, and, and delicate. And then with this, we're actually ramping that distillation style up, up to almost like a NASA grade level. So at, th- <laughs> at this point, we're... Okay. Ollie, you've got NASA grade gin coming <laughs> in a minute. This is where it gets really geeky. Uh, so <laughs> if you were to think about uh, any given fruit as uh, a collection of flavours that uh, share, some flavours share across families and and things like that, Um, you could split those flavours apart individually. Um, And if you were to take the 10 that are the most expressive of that fruit and put it together, and it would be the most kind of um, effervescent flavour that you could possibly imagine that fruit to be. And that's essentially what we do with this this style of gin. Um, So we take passion fruits, and we discard about 90% of the flavours because when you distill passion fruits, it ends up tasting a bit kind of grassy, a bit muddy. Um, really? Yeah. yeah. And what we as bartenders want to taste is that big... Essence of passion fruit Essentially, in a way. yeah, yeah. But, but, but what you're saying is you have to isolate the... Yes. What we perceive as a passion fruit taste. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. That makes sense. So uh, in, in, instead of distilling the whole fruit, which ends up tasting a bit kind of lost and a bit muddy, we essentially distill that fruit to its finer points so it has yep. the the most kind of sparkling uh, version of itself that it could be yeah you're gonna pour me one yeah of course absolutely. thank you <laughs> um, uh, uh, and again so should we have that with tonic i can't drink it so i'm i'm a big fan of this with ginger ale unfortunately i didn't bring any <gasps> ginger ale with me but um i we... do like gin with a bit of ginger mm, Actually, uh you know some of the rhubarb gins you get mm. if as long as the rhubarb yeah. gin isn't too sweet and i, I know that you... goes well with ginger ale yes absolutely and i, I know i know you're a very big fan of negronis um, and well, this, this um, makes... yeah, I'm actually. <laughs> yeah. You have a relationship with Negroni, <laughs> and this uh, this makes an incredible uh, Negroni. I've actually got a martini for you guys if you want to try that as well. Oh, it's one of my favourites. Yes, M- me too. Oh, so... I love martinis. <laughs> me too. I absolutely love yeah. martinis, and like True. they don't seem to be. Do you find Stephen that they, they, they don't seem to be that fashionable? And I think martinis. Oh, I are think fantastic. I think they are. Wow. They are. They are quite fashionable. The, are the problem with martinis is that um, so often people. Um, don't realise that vermouth is a uh, is, is a it's wine, a thing. and uh, and so it's often gone off. Yes. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. you've got to have martinis in places that are used to doing lots of martinis because yeah, then their vermouth will be fresh. I I really like um, that Jack that tropical. Cool, isn't it? It's I, got I, a I lovely. Can, do you like that? Yeah, I, like I really like that. I can pop some ice in there as well, and a little little tonic if you want to splash as well. Be gone by then. <laughs> um, do, do you? I, I, that's got a really it's, nice. Um, I know you didn't like having the, edge. the first one neat, but it's interesting to have them. I had to have Both. them done the tonic, oh, okay. but I should try them side by side. 
you really get the the variety and the depth of flavours. Hmm. Um, that's a uh, that's pretty impressive, Stephen. I would mm. say. Do you? I think it's really nice. Taste profile. I like I like the first one too. So I mean, I'm I'm. Mm. Um, uh, uh, but I think I think that I think I think I think this is really nice. Nice. I, I I probably wouldn't want. I mean, I I drank the first one neat, um, and I I thought thought it was very good. This I would very very happily go out and seek to drink neat. I'd like, absolutely. I'd this like has been this cut with a little bit of water, and actually, I quite like that. Yes. Yeah, so so tiny this tiny bit of water. This is this is forty percent, um, and then um, the the one that we had before was forty one and a half. So it's slightly yeah. less boozy, mm. but also this has a, a little sugar in it as well. So this is um, old, old mm. Tom's being a style of added sugar. Um, a lot of old Toms are sitting around like the eight percent to ten percent mark of sugar. This is two percent. So this is very much like a off dry riesling. <coughs> if you were to it's compare really it, nice and complex. Wine. Thing, it is. It is a little bit complicated. It, still very much a gin though. Mm-hmm. When, when you very when you taste so. gin professionally, you're supposed to taste it fifty fifty with water. Um, okay. Personally, I I I I prefer to taste gin neat. At, at room temperature, then I prefer to add some ice to it and let the ice <coughs> melt slightly. So, and when the when uh, so the when, ice is cutting it. So, the, the, so the, 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 the ice brings the temperature down, but also the the the, the melted ice actually opens up. Open, mm. it, something happens on a molecular basis. So I'll spare you that space. See, no, I quite like that because actually I put my gin in the fridge, and now I'm thinking about it. That's really stupid because I'm no, no, actually. No, it's, it's good. Is it? Because so I'm not. So sometimes when you have wine and it's too cold, actually, it, you 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 know it does something to the flavour. It, it doesn't release the flavour. Mm. Whereas, as long as, you, as long as you add, as long as you then add ice to it, okay, then you're fine. Or, then, or, or tonic. Mm. Um, what happens is that that um, it 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 opens it up. So if you put if you put ice cubes into into neat gin, and and you let them melt slightly, um, it you know it does change. You get a much broader range 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 of flavours. Um, it really does it does mm. open it up. Now I've got on my little list here gin combinations, <laughs> and I've put my favourite gin combinations. So I have four favourite gin combinations. Negroni is one of them. Mm. That is allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, gin and tonics, another but classic. Um, Tom Collins, I quite like. Perfect. Mm. And that, that's, that's my go-to drink everywhere I go. Yeah. yeah. So tell me how you would make Tom Collins. For so example. super super simple. Lemon um, juice. Yeah. Just uh, <clears throat> have a. Uh, 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 juice of uh, lemon and a little bit of sugar which you can make at home sugar syrup a little bit of sugar syrup um, and then a healthy mesa of gin top up with soda and then you're away loads of fresh ice it's garden great. barbecue bam great in summer mm. <laughs> and I, never, then... I never I never have that yeah absolutely it's really, that's really absolutely not, it's not a drink I would it's just something very summery about it there is it's like no, it's yeah. like a bit of a grown up sophisticated 2020 mm. that's an ambition <laughs> okay the year, the, Collins. the year of the year of the and Collins. then my other favourite combination, just by coincidence, I've put martini. Perfect. Well, there's one in th- front of you right now. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to taste that. <laughs> Before we do that, Ollie, what's your favourite gin combinations? Well, I, I would agree with yours apart from the Collins. Okay. So I think for me, definitely martini. Um, and I, I always have fond memories of, of the American martini, which is the dirty martini, which is, <laughs> is completely morally wrong, which has um, blue cheese and the olives, uh, which is quite disgusting but hilarious. Yeah. Um, no, no, of course it's, it's, wrong. it's no one every <laughs> every bit of that every, wrong. every bit of that's wrong. You just need that little bit of saltiness from the olive. That's fine. Yeah. I don't need to add massive yeah. amount of salt on top yeah. of that. How do you resist blue cheese there? It's just an American <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's like it's not in a not in a blue cheese. No, not in a martini. It's mashed potato. <laughs> I think it's, 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 it's a moment. It's not the way I'd have my martini. The other thing but, you um, said to me, which I haven't tried yet, which I must did. You said it's really great having gin with marmalade in it. Oh, so I remember doing that when it was, uh, yeah, just mm. mixing it with just 
a you get the end of a martini, end of a um, marmalade jar, and mixing it up. I mean, how would you get rid of the end of the marmalade jar? That's a very good chant. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's very yeah. good. She it was actually it was a Hendrix. It was a Hendrix tip actually. Yes, yeah. On their website. Yeah, and I was like, I really liked it. Yeah. So um, you've poured a martini. A little martini. Uh, yes. How, how have you made your martini? I have my own little martini recipe, Excellent. which I will share with you. So th- this one, <laughs> so this one's using the tropical autumn, so slightly sweeter anyway. Yeah. Um, this we call the kind of gateway martini. Um, which is uh, <laughs> a lot, a lot kind of easier to drink than uh, a classic martini it would is be. Actually, yeah. yeah, and it opens up to the harder stuff of uh, blue cheese martinis and stuff like that. Um, so this is six to one. Um, so very heavy on the gin, and then we're using. Um, I would say that's heavy on the heavy on the vermouth, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, but we're using uh, Lille Rosé here, so it has okay. a slight pink tinge yeah. to it. Um, so Lille is very kind of vinous, very winey anyway. Lille, Lille, mm. yes. Interesting. The rosé, yes. So uh, instead of having that kind of uh, almost like slightly bitter, wormwoody kind of thing going on, this is more of like an American style uh, martini, but um, still has a little biting sweetness to it as well. So you don't do fifty-fifty. We. What do you do? Personally, I I like my I like my martinis pretty dry, um, but uh, fifty-fifty is always a good way to go. Always. So fifty percent gin, fifty percent a really amazing vermouth that you like. Is that right? Is that how you make it? I I don't make them. Do you know what I do, though? I'm really sorry, but I add a tiny, tiny splash of uh, tonic. Perfect. (laughs) Otherwise you fall over pretty soon. Do you know Dorothy Parker's lines about martinis? No. She said, I love a martini, two at the most. (laughs) Three, and I'm under the table. Four... And I'm under the host. Yeah. <laughs> we we um so we moving we, swiftly on. I'm not going to look at Ollie when he's. We, we had a, a a fantastic um competition uh, about martinis. So martinis, two ingredients, um, and the challenge was to bartenders to uh, add one more ingredient to make it bigger than what it usually is. And you know what the winner was? Two drops of sambuca. Okay. Mm. okay. And everyone in the room was bowled over by it. It was fantastic. Actually, that, something that doesn't surprise me in the least because my, my favourite martini with Pinkster um, is, um, is with uh, elderflower cordial. Yeah. Um, and I, a lot of people know I like martinis and go to people's houses and they say, have a martini, invariably with Pinkster. And as I said earlier, their vermouth was off. Yeah. So I, I said, well, don't use vermouth. Add a dash of elderflower cordial because everybody has elderflower cordial in them mm-hmm. and they give it to their mm. children. So they're, they're sure. much more concerned about is it going to be in date. You see, I make Negroni usual, you know, three parts equal, uh, Campari, vermouth and gin. And then I add, do you remember we had White Heron, the British cassis mm. people? Because their cassis is gorgeous and it's it's not sweet, it's just beautiful. I add a little half of um of that in there. It's really nice. We we often talk about this, but I, I sort of I, I the, 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 Sue often says to me, um, you know, what does your house look like? It's just stuffed full of like different appliances. Well, it's really untidy. I, I do imagine I do imagine you have this bar in your house. Which you sort of you come home from a long day of work, you just open it up, and, and there is all your. Concoct- it's all in the fridge because don't forget, I don't have children, so we don't, we don't have all that mess. And then I, and then I open the doors and see I can see the sea from my house. So you see you look at the you look out at the sea, and then you get a really nice ice cold drink out. <laughs> just all when I go home, I always feel like I'm on holiday. Mm. <laughs> I nice find though, that when I look out of Highbury. Highbury, mm. I bet you do, yeah. So um, uh, we, we're going to be remiss just to finish the programme. We should now taste Pinkster. We should, yeah. Stephen. Sorry, before you, before you do, just mm. the um, thing about um, elderflower is that the Latin name for elderflower is Sambuca. 
So, so actually, so I'm not sort of at all surprised mm. to discover that adding sambuca to uh, to a martini is it was was a success because I know it works really well um, when we do it with pinkster. Right. So I'm going to ask you to um, okay. own your living now, Stephen. So we've right. got pinkster in front of us. Yeah. Uh, fever tree. Uh, are you thinking well, to go? Yeah. With that? Or do you want to uh, treat fever tree good, neat good, first? But actually, I I I, I think neat. actually if we could if we could steal some of Jack's ice perhaps. Yes. It's a team sport here. It is a team sport. And um, well, Jack, actually, I'd be very interested to know what you think. Collaborative. Yes. The gin industry. Everybody gets on very well. We um, uh, it we. Um, everybody's surprised, actually, how, how we all co- uh, cooperate. Mm. Oh, sorry. That's okay. We're smashing glasses in the studio. So um, we've got the pink gin, which has a, a tiny pink look to it. Uh, because it's all yeah, natural. Have, have, a, have a taste. Have a taste so of not... it neat first of all. There's a God, very, really? very. Um, oh, God. There's a. There's a. There's a. There's a. Sorry. I should say also, Stephen is is wearing a um, a very fetching pink shirt. Oh, yeah, you have to, to go with it uh, yeah. to, to to do it. He doesn't. He doesn't have the moustache. But no, I don't does. have the. I don't have the moustache, um, but I do have a pink shirt. So cheers. Cheers. Mm. Um, you can taste the raspberries, raspberries in that, though. Yeah. There's a, the, you should, not, not you should a, get not in a sweet way. No, it's not. No, no, it's, I don't add sugar, sugar to it. Um, this is I use th- about three times as much juniper as people normally use, um, and the the balance between the raspberry and the juniper is very delicate. I made it because I had a stomach problem. I couldn't drink beer or wine. You go to your doctor and say I've got a drinking problem in that I can't. They tend not to take it quite as seriously as you think they should. And uh, after several years of cutting yeast and sugar out of my diet, my doctor said I could drink gin, um, gin or vodka. I thought vodka, I had a bad, bland diet, vodka was boring. I thought gin was fantastic, but it didn't go with food. So I set out to make myself a gin that would go with food. It took me um, four and a half years to get this recipe. I never had any intention of doing this commercially. This was purely selfishly so that I could have a drink. And... Um write it off for business expenses. Jack, <laughs> you know? yes. what's your what's your thoughts? Uh, delicious. It's actually super dry. Mm. Usually you think pink, you think sweet. Um but it's it's uh it's it's bone dry. It's very yeah. tasty. Mm. Um I mean actually I mean I I didn't worry about the colour because we make it with fresh raspberries. When I was making it I I, I just wanted something clean and refreshing that I could drink so all evening. And, very and, clean I would say mm. and and, yeah. and to and to drink neat. It's great, great, great with ice. Um and uh, and I just wanted, uh, you know, I made it entirely for myself. Um, when we launched it, everybody was saying, well, it's a, you know, it's a gimmick. What do you mean it's not London dry? <laughs> uh, and now there's an absolute explosion of flavoured gins. Um, but we're actually much closer to a dry gin than a, than, than, than a flavoured gin. Right, so now we're running out of time. Mm. Thank goodness, because I don't think I can, yeah, I can well, keep this up much longer. Um, so we've got, I've just tasted the Pinkster Royale. Again, uh, no cheese. Is it right to say it's um, a sort of cassis in terms of... Yeah, it's, 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 like a dry, it's like a dry cassis. It's intensely raspberry. It is intensely it's raspberry. It's intensely raspberry. Um, and the raspberry notes work really well with the pear notes of Prosecco. Um, but mm. it's it's 24%. There's no added sugar, so if you if you want a really skinny drink, have that with um, with mineral water. You can tell there's no added sugar. Off, it's just so um, earthy and mm. yeah. fruity, but not sweet fruity. Is it like that? A, a really long time ago, we had a guy in from a distillery called Green Something. Green Sands. Yes, I think that's right. And he had a raspberry ghost drink which was really interesting and it was a little I really liked it on the show and then I ended up buying a bottle and I, I found it a little bit sweet 
actually afterwards and I actually was like you you know you, you need to really make sure that the, the way you mix it is 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 balanced mm. but these are I think you're really noticeable in the fact that I think often the raspberry drinks you get are over the sweet they feel like children's drinks yeah. in yeah. a way whereas this doesn't Jack I'm looking to you as well uh, about the raspberry Royale have you had yeah. some mm. oh yeah delightful absolutely this is um, again really dry yeah super dry this is definitely something that I could see with champagne yeah. Or uh, mm. you could uh, drizzle over a bramble or something. Oh, like that. absolutely! Oh, we yeah. prefer to say, obviously, British sparkling. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> obviously, rather than champagne. Yeah. Naturally, <laughs> we're happy with champagne or prosecco. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah. But, but very good. We, we're Europeans at heart. So. The, the, the key, the key is that with with uh, with both both Royale and with Pinkster, um, we don't add sugar. Uh, to it, a lot of the pink gins that are on the market. Mm. A lot, a lot of people have copied what we've done. They think we've been successful because of the colour. They have um, come out with uh, sort of much sweeter versions. Yeah. Um, and there's a market for that. I was going to say, which some people I'm, might like, but that's yeah. not, not not what you're after. So um, here's to all those uh, people in Southbourne helping to make Pinkster. Southbourne. That's what I've got in my. No, we're in Cambridge. Cambridge. Much more, much more. Um, oh, no, no, yeah, no. Paradigm. I've read out the wrong one. Yes, yeah, so here you are. You're Cambridge, uh, Porter's Gin, obviously. Aberdeen. For our yeah. lovely Scottish That's Aberdeen it. folk. Yes, very good. Um, and uh, we're just going to have to close the programme and carry on because I can't I can't actually broadcast anymore. Can you? This often happens. Have another often happens. Gonna, yeah, so we might we might just carry on and um, I'd like to try a little bit more of that there. But I'll just, do a bit more just, mixing. Just, just before you do wrap up, I think what's exciting about you know, what we've tried today is you and I are quite damning about sort of another gin. And actually, I think these are two very different types of gin. And, and you know... I suppose we're damning, but what I'm saying is it's... The, the food sector is so hard to break into mm. the food and drink sector. Absolutely. Actually, if you haven't been in the food and drink sector and you're thinking of moving into it, to start off with gin is probably going to be one of your tough, toughest challenges. Mm. You know, so it's it's you'd have to be remarkable, I think, to to do very well. Mm. And you know, it's just it's really tough. And and I think why you and I say you know go and do something different. It's because we just know how, how difficult oh, it is. Yeah. You know, and these guys have been doing it for a while. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and also your brands are very, very distinctive. Mm. You could not get two more different uh, types of branding and packaging. Absolutely. Um, because mm. you guys know that if you don't stand out and get all those messages right, you, you, mm. you, you're just not going to make it. And I have to say, I'm excited about trying the... Um boozy berries. The boozy berries. Oh, I love that. I've <laughs> yeah. still got some at home. So, so yes, if you've... You should always give stuff a go, I, I suppose, but it's a pretty tough sector. Mm. In, but it's in interesting that both of you guys have come into it from quite interesting areas, which is, angles, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not the board, you know, I mean, I think if you sat down, you know, you know, it's your back of pack and thought in a boardroom, let's have a brainstorm about where is there a market, you would not see, you would not hit gin. No. Absolutely. But it's interesting, you know, you come at it from a personal perspective of trying to create something that was mm. interesting and different. You come at it from a barman perspective of like, well, you know, how do and, we do something? And they've both been going for quite a while. Yeah, not sure I'd want to be a newcomer now. <laughs> no, I think it's very difficult. Oh. Very difficult to achieve for anybody now to achieve coming in. And let, actually, now, whereas I think six years ago it was possible for independents to come in and get somewhere, I think now it's virtually impossible. Oh. For uh, the it's it's now gone back to being the preserve of of the big big players 
launching new things. Mm. Um, Unless you are completely out there and have a almost create a sector for yourself, which is yeah, yeah. Which I, mean, you, I had a user gin a while ago, which I thought was a good example. Japanese user yeah. gin, yes, like, you know that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's very different. Absolutely. Well, um, uh, Jack Waring, um, mm-hmm. thank you so much for bringing on that. It's very kind of you. Um, <laughs> I really like the um, the old Tom. Yes, mm. really yeah. like it. I like that, that as well. Great balance. It's become my baby. Yes. <laughs> so that's Porter's Gin. And again, a call out to all those uh, people in Aberdeen. Yeah. Shout out to Nick Gordon as well. He just won a... Nick a, Gordon. Well done, Nick. A, uh, the Ultimate Bartending Championship of the World. He's our uh, head barman up at Orchid. So he's uh, brought, home, uh, brought home the title this weekend as well. He's a good man, isn't he? No, it's second year in a row as well. Oh, very wow. good. Excellent. Um, and uh, we will do links from our website, but presumably you can get it online. Is there anywhere else we can find you? Oh, yes, absolutely. Gin? Well, you can, you can find us uh, at Masters of Malt. So uh, you can find us online there. You can go straight to our website. Um, In terms of um, supermarkets and things, you can find us north of the border in Scotland in supermarkets, but not down here in in, uh, England, unfortunately. Not just yet, anyway. But you will do. And again, we'll put a link from the website. Um, Stephen Marsh, thank you so much. Um, I'm obviously a bit of a fan of the Boozy Berries. Um, (laughs) And again, uh, you can get it online. And and you're available more and more uh, nationally, I keep saying. We're we're available in... From Marks and Spencers uh, through to a card every pretty Everywhere. much every website. So um, Pink's Gin, shops. and again, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll do some um, links to the website. Thank you very thank much. Thank you to the guys in Cambridge, which yes. I got wrong. To start with. <laughs> Where I got that from? Be telling somebody off in the research department. Um, you've been listening to the Food Talk Show, and we're syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield, as we as well as being available on Stitcher. Spotify, Podbean, <laughs> iTunes and podcast app on your phone. Thank you to my fellow presenter, Ollie Lloyd. Sh- should we just stay on and I think have should, a few uh, more? I think the phrase is dig in. <laughs> <laughs> should we stay in and dig in? Just responsibly, you know, a responsibly. little taster. Yeah, we need to try the We'll get jam. some olives. Yeah. yeah, I mean, also, we've got Jack as the bartender, so that's pretty yeah. good. You can just sit back and ask him to make yeah, us make stuff. Make us stuff. A busman's well holiday. Well done, Jack. <laughs> um, and if you want to recommend any future guests, something doing, uh, something groundbreaking and interesting, just like Jack and Stephen, uh, please do get in touch with us via Twitter on at Food Talk Show. And if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts, go to foodtalk.co.uk. Uh, Holly Shackleton, editor of Speciality Food Magazine, isn't here today. <laughs> Sorry, Holly. <laughs> Although there was enough but to go around. There was enough to no go around. Uh, but um, we are, you can access the um, podcast from the homepage of Speciality Food Magazine, which is great. So uh, we're going to dig in, as Ollie says, and I hope you have a good week. Bye. Bye.